it's not recycled in a day. And welcome to Rome was not recycled in a day. Keith and Molly back for another episode of the podcast that helps you to incorporate recycling more into your daily life. We are here to discover more ways to recycle and also stay up to date on the ever changing recycling world. And we'd love to hear from you listeners. And the best way that you can reach out to us is through our website. Rome was not recycled in a day dot com takes a little bit of typing, but we promise it's worth the effort. If you head over there, you can find our contact form. If you have show ideas, if you have recycling suggestions, questions about something you heard on the show, questions about something you haven't heard on the show, you can reach out to us that way. We've also got our blog where we will soon be posting some ideas on how to deal with some of the more hard to get rid of things because you know. When it comes to recycling and reusing and reducing, some things are just really hard to get rid of, which is what we're going to be talking about today, actually. We've got a guest who's going to be telling us in depth about one thing that's pretty hard to get rid of, glass. Molly, why don't you introduce our guest? Today we have with us Brandis Wilson, founder, creator of Kinetic Recycling here in Birmingham. And it has been a roller coaster of a journey, as I understand. And we're so grateful that she's here to talk us through the beginning, middle, and end of her journey with Kinetic. So, Brandis, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this subject and um, also hear some of your perspective because I know you have a lot of uh, background and experience in recycling as well. So, thanks for having me. Do it sounds like we have broken hearts over similar things. So why don't we start off with you telling us um, how this journey started for you and when when you realized you really needed to do something? Yeah, so it really started for um, my husband and I, my husband, Michael, and I um, have always been, you know, sustainability minded, recycling as much as we can, um, much like many other people. Um, and we started like many others in um, our city, taking our glass recycles recyclables to Target. That was the only place we could take them. Um, and we hated throwing away so much glass because it is such a big volume item that if there was something that we could do to, you know, to reduce the amount of waste from a glass perspective, um, that was our only choice. So we would cart it up to Target every you know, week or most of the time more like month <laughs> when we remembered and, and we're ready to clean out our dining room. Um, and every time we went or every time I went, it it was so apparent that so many people were doing the same thing. I mean, I'm sure that you have been to Target, um, perhaps used their recycling bins at the front of the store, um, and they're always overflowing. Um, and most of the time, they're always overflowing with glass because there are so many people that want a, a viable option for glass recycling. And so just after so many times of doing that and seeing that and kind of having a a, a want, if you will, to, to create something on our own. It, we were sitting at brunch on Mother's Day, actually, of 2019, after having just dropped off some of our recycling at Target. And it just kind of hit us like, there seems to be, you know, something here, right? I mean, we're not the only ones that want a recycling option. Um, hauling it up to Target's not that convenient. Um, 
And so we just kind of, the idea was born from brunch that day with my, my husband and I. And and just since we have listeners all over, well, probably in the Birmingham area that haven't heard of Kinetic, but we have listeners all over the country as well. Just what, what was what was the, the the vision behind Kinetic just for folks who aren't familiar with it, Brandis? Sure. So the vision behind Kinetic was to offer our customers a convenient way to recycle glass. So something that's similar to the waste stream and waste service that they're familiar with already, which is curbside pickup. So in our town of Birmingham, um, we are not able to recycle glass as part of our curbside recycling services that are offered by the municipalities. Um, Glass presents big challenges in terms of recycling. Um, And so most of the city and the municipalities in our area do not accept it at the curb. And so we wanted to offer curbside service for the customers that were willing to pay an additional you know, fee to be able to recycle their glass. And so our idea was that it would be kind of like the Uber of glass recycling. So instead <laughs> of us going up and down the street on this neighborhood on Monday, this neighborhood on Tuesday, our idea was to do it when it was convenient for the customer. So we had a QR code and, and our website built so that when the glass bin was full, they could scan the QR code schedule the pickup. And within our goal was always within 24 hours to, to come by and, and pick up the glass recycling. We would take their bin, just a, you know, a traditional uh, 16 gallon Rubbermaid bin, and we would leave them a fresh new one. So we would take the bin with us, dump it out, wash it, and then obviously reuse them in, in future pickups. So that was the general idea of just offering a, a curbside convenient way to, to recycle glass. And they were nice bins too, might I add. <laughs> they are nice bins. High quality. We still have some in our garage right now. <laughs> I bet. And the fee was, am I remembering correctly, it was $10 a month. So you paid $120 for the year. That's correct. So if you had charged more, would it, that have helped? Or where did, where did problems start to arise? So we started, we actually launched the service business in um, November of 2020. Our plan was to launch um, on Earth Day of 2020, but that was right about the time the world was shutting down. And so we waited. And then we, our plan was to do just a soft launch. We had a handful of customers that we were kind of using as beta testers just to make sure that you know, to test our theory a little bit, to to make sure the website worked, to make sure we could do the routes and get there within 24 hours. And it, we started that in, um, I think it was October 8th was when we did our first pickup, um, or our first scheduled one on the, on the website. And then it just grew from there, from word of mouth. I mean, our goal was like, maybe we'll have 50 customers by the end of the year. And we ended up right around the 400 mark from wow. October to, to the end of 2020. I mean, wow. what was so evident and what was so wonderful from the start was that we really struck a nerve. I mean, there's a huge need there and, and people were willing to pay for it outside of just their traditional recycling services because they value it so much. Um, and so we were just thrilled and (laughs) a little bit overwhelmed as you can imagine (laughs) but you know we were thrilled that there were so many like-minded people so yes our our initial fee was ten dollars a month and that was for three pickups a month again on your schedule whenever you know whenever your bin was full but up to three pickups a month and we did charge annually just again to try to keep this service um 
costs down as much as possible. It, it costs less to process one transaction than it does to process a monthly transaction. So um, we were just trying to do everything that we could to be as scrappy as possible. So that's that's the happy part of the story. Where where did things start to, uh, pardon the glass pun, break? <laughs> well, that's a good one. Um, so in spring, I guess late spring of this year, you know, we were really evaluating because we had we had found a warehouse space because when we started, we were operating out of our garage, like so many small business and startups do. You just use what you have. You you use the space you have, you, you know, do everything you can just to, to get things going. So we were operating out of our garage, um, which, as you know, glass is very big from a volume standpoint. So it quickly became apparent that we needed a warehouse space to be able to store it. So we, you know, we learned so many things along the way that by um, so early 2021, we had found a warehouse space and it was great at Hardware Park. Um, downtown in the switch district just a phenomenal space that was such a such a godsend for us and for the business so we had moved in there and we had um, figured out a way to haul our glass to the recycling facility in bulk hauls so that we weren't you know taking just like a trailer over there every couple of days because the volume of glass was so much that we we couldn't keep up with the hauling if we were trying to do it ourselves. And then we would haul it to the closest facility that actually recycles glass. And unfortunately for us, the closest facility that can do that is in Atlanta. Oof. So, you know, it, hauling was a, a huge piece of this business. And quite honestly, that's the piece that keeps it from being successful without, you know, without some ability to process the glass locally, there's just not a way to make it sustainable. Again, there's another, there's another pun for you, but it becomes so economically challenging when you look at the cost to haul glass, which is very heavy, which means it's very expensive to haul to a facility that you know, 100% it's actually getting recycled. One of the challenges with just recycling in general is not knowing what ultimately happens with 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 the material and does it actually get recycled or does it end up in a landfill? And so we felt really strongly about ensuring that all of our customers knew that it was actually getting recycled because they were choosing to pay for the service above and beyond just their normal waste services. So that was the time in like late spring where we, you know, sat down and we were really getting like granular with, okay, what is this costing per pickup, per pound, per, you know, just looking at all of the data that we had gathered over, you know, six, eight months of operation. And it just became glaringly obvious that we couldn't continue in the same way and continue to have a business. It just, it wasn't economically viable to continue to, to haul it. And the hauling piece was the biggest challenge. So my mind immediately goes to, well, if, if you found this facility in Atlanta that you trusted, um, how hard is it to franchise that and have a chapter here in Birmingham? Like, how can we do that so that there is an option in Alabama? Do you know why, why can't we just do that? And, and we very well may could. And that's, that's kind of when we, when we suspended our residential and commercial operations, our thought process of like, go back to the drawing board and, you know, how might we formulate a strategy that includes all the different people that are going to need to be involved to make something like this work. Um, and, and that's one piece of it. I mean, that's definitely 
an option. Um, the company in Atlanta is a company called Strategic Materials. They have facilities, I think 42 of them um, throughout the U.S. So they are kind of the leader in glass processing and glass recycling. Um, so it would be dealing with them as a corporation to identify markets that they want to serve. And, and quite honestly, I don't know what their you know, vetting process is for opening up a new market. But certainly that would be a great option yeah. Um, because there's nowhere really in the state that can process glass for recycling on any sort of scale. One of the things we've talked about on some of our past episodes, Brandis, has been just how expensive it is and how difficult it is to get rid of some of these things. You obviously have been working with some of the folks upstream could could you give us a little bit of insight of why it's so expensive and so difficult to recycle glass? I mean, it just seems like the kind of thing, you know, you you melt it down, you make something else out of it. What's 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 so complex about it? I honestly think the the thing that's most complex about it is that it's big and it's bulky and it's heavy. And it can be dangerous when you think about, you know, how, it, although I found that it doesn't break as easily as you think it does, but, you know, it does break. Um, it can cut you. It just is a little bit more, you know, dangerous to handle than, you know, other um, recycled materials. And so I think the bulk of it, the weight of it is really the most difficult piece because it, regardless of your model, it does involve moving that product from a house to some sort of facility to process it. And so the more you have to move it, the more complex it becomes. You speak from experience with it doesn't break as easily as you think. Huh? I mean, there's so many metaphors in here about yes. the weight of <laughs> Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and just to give you an idea of volume. So um, we were capturing or, or picking up about three tons a week. Wow. Um, is that like three elephants a week? It's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. At least an elephant can, can walk. Like it could get itself down to the warehouse or get itself to the processing facility if it needed to. But this glass is so helpless. So yeah, that was our that was about our average um, pickup towards the end was um, three tons a week. That really is- explains why those bins at Target are as full as they are all the time. Wow. Exactly. One really great piece of advice we got when we first started was from someone who spent years in the glass recycling business in different ways. And he said, you have to, with any recycling and certainly with glass, you really have to begin with the end market in mind. And I don't think we heeded that advice as much as we should have in the beginning, but really what makes it work, recycling in general, is there being an end market for the product that comes out of the recycling process. So if there's not a need or a use for the material that's recycled to then be reused again, right, for for other purposes, then the model doesn't work. You know, that circle model doesn't work. There's got to be a need for whatever comes out of that processing, um, processing process. What did strategic materials do with your class? So they melted it down and they, I mean, they did recycle it, but strategic materials has partnerships with, I don't even know who all, but they have the ability to sell that in product to manufacturers of all different types of things that use recycled glass to make their products. So they already have those relationships. So there is 
some level of market there. Um, but they they kind of own that as far as I know. Um, you know, it would it would be really difficult for us as a single company as kinetic recycling to develop an end use market, you know, for for the product that's recycled. Um, strategic materials does that today. But again, I'm sure part of their, you know, figuring out when they build new new locations and all of that is, you know, of their customers that buy their um, processed materials, what is the volume and what is the need there? And if they have a greater need, then that would probably motivate them to open up more facilities. But but that that kind of proves the point of you have to operate with the end market in mind. Yeah, yeah. you have to know what that chain is and, and where yeah. it's going to go. And that goes from the curbside all the way to making it into something new. Mm -hmm. it really well, does. To conclude, um, well, I don't want our conversation to ever stop, but just to pause <laughs> until we talk again another day, where are you finding hope in all of this? The greatest thing that we've always found hope in is just the number of people that we're really interested in and making a difference and doing the right thing and not just individual households, but businesses as well. I mean, there's such demand for a sustainable process to recycle glass. And that gives me a lot of hope. And it, and I think there's a lot of people that are invested in trying to find a way to make it work. It's just a matter of now, one, identifying what is that strategy, and then also pulling together all of the people that need to be a part of the solution. Because there's no one company, no one individual, no one municipality that's going to be able to solve it. I mean, it really is such a multifaceted solution that's going to have to be developed. But I have a ton of hope and just knowing how many people are really invested and, and, and interested in finding that solution. And you have a ton of hope and uh, we have a ton of hope that this can this can get off the ground. I hope you don't have a ton of glass in your garage right now, though. <laughs> we don't. We we did process every last bottle that we picked up. Um, we we suspended our service at the end of June. Um, and so we did our final haul to strategic materials. I think it was like the 8th of July just to make sure we had it all and so yeah, no more no more glass in our garage for now. Well, just so you know, we still have our kinetic bin in the garage. We've been putting <laughs> our glass in it, and we are optimistic that the day will come that you all will be resuming pickups. So we hope so too. Well, you are such an inspiration for our community, and thank you for being on this podcast. And we would love to have you back again. Of course, anytime. I love to talk about it, and the more we talk about it you know, the more apt we are to find a solution. So true. So true. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you, Brandis. We really appreciate you being with us today. And, you know, you have a good point. If we don't talk about this, then we don't find solutions. The more we talk about it, the more we learn. I think it's been really great today to learn about the whole start to finish process for, for glass and, and understand that there's more than just what goes in the bin. So thank you. Uh, you know, we're learning about it one piece at a time, and that's that's what we do here. So let's just keep working on it one piece at a time. Until then, reduce, reuse, recycle, but relax, because Rome was not recycled in a day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. When in Rome. When in Rome. When in Rome. Recycle. This has been a production of Moose Crossing Studios.